That's right. I'm running things. I'm running things. Cream corn. That's why they call me that. Smooth. This episode of the Here's My Thing podcast contains a cuss word used to describe a tattoo on a ribcage. I chose to not bleep it out. My name is John Russos, and this is the 56th installment of the Monday Morning Commute. Tattoo. When I was in fifth grade, if I was restless in class... More often than not, I mean, being right-handed, I would resort to my left forearm, give myself some makeshift tattoos, and, and that could be anything from practicing drawing cubes or some sort of different type of star. I was on the phone the other day, really I was on hold, I had elevator music in my ear, and that elevator music, keeping me engaged but really doubling down as a buffer in between the call I was about to have, 90% chance I was going to get rejected. There's a 5% chance the response to the call would have been a maybe. And then another 5%, I mean, if I got lucky, it'd be some sort of second touch point. But I was sitting there waiting on hold, the Office Depot legal pad out of reach, a pen in my right hand, the only other canvas near me, my left forearm. And now back in elementary school, really, it's just geometric shapes. But this time with Instagram, Pinterest, and Tumblr, being exposed to tattoo artists and tattoo parlors, all their pages, all their work, I tried to draw an American traditional panther. For someone who's opposed to tattoos or hasn't thought about getting one, I'd imagine that when they see anything American traditional, they might think it's a rushed drawing. The lack of detail is saved by bold colors and thick lines. And to that, I would disagree. I think the American traditional tattoo is timeless. And myself associating this style with eagles, roses, daggers, tigers, but not limiting it to horses, skulls, snakes, and anchors. The panther that I drew, if you squinted, it might look like a panther, but it really was just an oval with legs. Not 15 seconds after I drew that animal in blue ballpoint pen ink, I was off holding on the call. All thoughts about tattoos to the back of my mind. After work, I went in a jog, and it wasn't until the last part of my jog, I want to say last half mile, in motion, bringing my left forearm up to my face, and I saw I forgot to wash off the panther. It was still there, and it was still there, surviving a barrage of sweat. I mean, that's something. After the jog, stretching my hammies, I began entertaining the idea, what if I actually got this tattooed on my forearm, professionally done, an American traditional panther? What if I actually got it done? I like the idea, but then I started thinking, is it a part of my brand? I don't even know what my brand is. If anything, it might just be Modelo sweating and trying different eating trends. I mean, we've done keto, now we're doing vegetarian. I don't even know. But then again, I mean, if it's a tattoo, it's on you. I think you have to own it. At least do your best, right? I'm not new to thinking about tattoos on myself. I've been doing it for a while. In high school, I thought about getting certain quotes that I'd find on Tumblr or Pinterest and putting them on my ribcage. Now, this lacked originality, but it would have looked super fucking sick at the beach. The closest that I actually came to getting a tattoo, I put a $60 security deposit down for an appointment that would get my favorite view from back home. I get my favorite view from back home on my delt. 
The main focal point of this being two palm trees, and I ended up pulling out because I felt like, and I'm going to take a lot of the blame, miscommunication between the tattoo artist and myself and the palm trees, really not a key part of the piece anymore. Uh, either way, I mean, I lost 60 bucks, but I did not lose the creme de la creme for tattoo spots on the human body. Now, if someone asked me why, if they asked me, why did you get a panther blasted on your outer forearm, what do I say? Right off the bat saying, mind your own business, no, that's out of the question. That leaves their imaginations in an open field and in an open field allowing their imaginations to run wherever they want. I wanted to control the narrative. After all, the ink was on my arm. I would give them two options and I would say it like this. Do you want the true story or, or do you want the fake story? The play here is either way, I was going to tell the fake story, but if they didn't want to hear the fake story, if they just wanted to hear that I got this tattoo on my outer forearm because I thought it looked cool and then I did a podcast episode about it, that's lame and I probably wouldn't want to associate with them anyway, so not a big deal there. But if they wanted to hear the fake story, well... The story would go something like this. The panther on my arm is representative of an alley cat. And that alley cat's name was Dustin. Dustin was smooth. He was a king. The type of motion that his body made when he would just walk forward. I mean, really something that should be kept in the bedroom. I mean, he was seductive. He was gorgeous, his coat of midnight black, almost too pristine for an alley cat, where I had occasional dandruff, Dustin, he didn't, where my partner would tell me it was time for a haircut, Dustin's coat never warranted a similar response. I couldn't have owned Dustin if I tried. He was an alley cat for a reason. He was a free spirit floating in and out of my life whenever he pleased, and I have to say, I mean, he timed these appearances perfectly. He was there right before I called my partner's father to ask for a hand in marriage. He was there after we brought our first child home, baby Lucas. Standing in the living room, I looked out the front window and I saw Dustin. His eyes a piercing green, something off the LimeWire logo, looking at us and bowing his head as if giving his blessing. I looked back at baby Lucas and then looked back at Dustin, but Dustin wasn't there. He was gone. He would play games with me. He played hard to get. And he won. I needed him more in my life. I needed a bat signal. So what I did for Dustin, I set out a can of tuna and a bowl of whole milk on our windowsill every Tuesday and Thursday evening around sunset. I greet him the same way every single time. Oh, Hello, Dustin. He'd look up at me and then look back down. For the next 20 minutes, I didn't really have his attention, but I had his presence. After these sessions, I'd always question, why am I looking to pay my deductible for that therapist I see once a month when I had Dustin for 40 minutes every single week? We covered all sorts of topics. Anxiety before my first colonoscopy. My worries as to how Lucas would handle not being the only child in the family once his sister, Josephine, arrived. His responses weren't anything besides a quick lick of his paw, sometimes so engulfed in a story or a rant or just venting in general. I'd go well over our 20-minute mark. And looking over to say thank you, 
the same time next week, but he'd be gone. And I liked it like that. It was a personal relationship. I was confiding a lot of secrets, a lot of insecurities, triumphs, bragging in general, but they'd never leave him. He's a cat. With some cities, I mean, the city's never done with you, but you're done with it. So it went with the town that we were in, electing to move across the country. In the process, very tedious, annoying. I mean, it wore on my partner and I. Factoring in a new house and mortgage, a school for the kids, a completely new environment. And also, I mean, on top of everything, I had to face the fact that in moving away, I would be moving away from Dustin. I remember the last time we hung out. The cabinets in our kitchen almost empty in the fridge, looking like a mini fridge in a freshman dorm room. Everything that we could fit in our Volvo now boxed up. I prepped the tuna and milk all the same, but this time, I put a little caviar on Dustin's tuna. Dustin's eyes still green as ever, but his midnight coat now sprinkled with salt and the whiskers on his nose a little bit longer. He was louder getting up the windowsill, sometimes clanking on the trash cans below. He was slowing down. The ten years that Dustin and I shared together flew by. And nothing really changed too, which is interesting, because usually I, I need a change of pace. I, I need something mixed up. If not, it's mundane, it's repetitive. Not with Dustin. The same meal for him, never a complaint. I felt the exact same sense of relief every single time we talked. It's so natural. The hellos, the goodbyes, cordial. It was perfect. It's what I needed. But this was the last time I was sitting on the couch when I heard him lapping. I got up, walked over to the windowsill, and assumed the same spot as I always did. Oh. Hello, Dustin. The smile on my face forming a little bit slower than usual. He licked up a little bit of the caviar and then actually stepped into the house. He'd never done that before. My arm extended and posted on our tiled countertop. He walked up to my arm, rubbed up on it, purred a little, and then went over to my left oblique. I actually had been neglecting the gym with the stress of the move and everything. I put on a little bit of fat, extra cushion for Dustin to rest against. Completely acknowledging his presence and trying to live the moment, I told Dustin, thank you. I told him our hangouts were more than just a therapy session, more than just bookmarks getting closer to Saturday, but something that I consistently look forward to. I told him that he never said anything, but at the same time said everything. It was the way that he would blink, seeming to use every muscle to do so, as if feeling each word I threw at his face. Rolling with the pain, absorbing the joy, deflecting any sort of negative energy. He didn't respond after my monologue, and I thought I lost him. In an attempt to bring him back, I tried to tell him that if Josephine was a boy, we were going to name him Dustin. He plucked at my shirt with his back paw. He wasn't eating it up. He was too smart. A few minutes in silence saw a couple tears fall to the hardwood floor under my feet and a few more caught by the bridge of my index finger. Some deep breaths later, and Dustin went back to his meal. I watched him eat and drink, meticulously licking the can of tuna, 
putting away every last particle. He was a perfectionist. Once he was done, he sat tall, then moving his head forward and dropping his eyes, essentially inviting me to pet him. I mean, this was new. Just as my hand finally met that midnight black coat, he let out a very deep purr, pulling his head back only 10 seconds after that. Now facing each other a slight tension, he stepped forward, meowed, to which I replied, Goodbye, Dustin. And that's why I have this tattoo. Now, the first comment after the story will always be, why, why is it a panther and not a cat? There's only one answer. I like how it looks. Everyone, I'm looking at the clock right now. It is about that time. I hope you got where you needed to go. I hope the commute was easy. If we were lounging around the house, that's fantastic. Whatever it was, either way, thank you for tuning in. This was the 56th installment of the Monday Morning Commute. My name is John Russos. This all was my thing. Thank you for rock with me. Until next time.